Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Um, this is the Rolling Pin Podcast, Gary Foods, and I have a special guest with me today um, to talk about prices um, in detail surrounding sports cards, but then we're going to take it to art. I have Paul with me today. Uh, Paul, I met Paul on Twitter um, through the supportive card community um, that has been, you know, supporting my collection and just watching um, everybody else collect. And I'm sure you've all known each other before I even jumped into the space. So uh, thank you for having me and welcoming me into that space on Twitter. And um, thank you for jumping on the Rolling Pin Podcast, Paul. I really do appreciate my, it. My pleasure, Gary. I've been, been watching your show and I quite enjoy it. And welcome to the community. Some of the stuff you've been doing has been fantastic. Thank you. Um, you know, as a community, there's a bunch of us that have been around and we're talking wrestling cards in particular, the wrestling trading card hobby. When you say sports cards, I, I have a peripheral knowledge of some of that stuff, but really what we're <laughs> is, is, no, yeah, is, I got you. is wrestling cards in particular, of which, uh, you know, uh, myself and a handful of other guys, we've been sort of carrying the mantle of the torch over the past 20 years. But really, all of us kind of congregated about a year ago, like uh, we, 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 with, with Twitter and with Zoom, when the pandemic started, of course, uh, prices across the board just started to shoot. And then a lot of us with time on our hands started uh, providing content, as you've been doing. And I think it's just been a sum total of all of our efforts have really brought a lot of attention to the hobby. <laughs> uh, we've seen prices going up. We know that eBay sales are up 500% year on year. And it's all to do with stuff like what you're doing, my brother, you know, just getting good information, timely information, free information out to people. And that's what we do as well. Thank you. you know, thank you. And um, I actually started this podcast um, due to COVID. I thought we were going to be trapped inside. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I need to start something and um, actually engage with people in a digital way if I can't engage with people in the physical well, You know what, man, I'm still stuck inside because up here in, I'm in Toronto. And we're still in a lockdown up here. In fact, we had a stay-at-home order last weekend where they mm. actually wanted to shut down the playgrounds and, and you know, you'd have to sort of explain where you're going when you go out. We, we sort of, uh, they dialed that back. It's not as draconian, but uh, things are bad up here. You know, it's not India bad, but we're right. behind. We're behind on vaccines. So yeah. um, we're not out of anything uh, yet up here. So we, I still got a lot of free time on my hands. I, I, I can't do my day job really because I got to go out and mix with people. So I understand. Uh, spend a lot of time, you know, doing this kind yeah. of thing, working on my site, getting prices up, updating, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope you uh, are safe up in Canada. Shout out to Canada. I hope everybody is safe up in that country. Um, yeah, I know it's, 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 we're just behind on the vaccine. So it's going to take us a bit to get to, to the other side of this thing. You know? I got you. Yeah. So um jumping into um i what, what really led me into wanting to reach out to you is the the title that you um operate under which is rice was uh was wrestling card price guides is that correct yeah, that's right. and where okay. that came from gary is that that was a book that uh, i put out in 2010 so like uh, 10 years ago it was a collaboration between myself and another dude by the name of grim and at that time he was one of the lead sellers online for that kind of product and it was different 10 years ago than it is today obviously um he was sort of the number one source to get information and he had direct contacts with FLIR and uh, with major manufacturers at the time. So I was buying Brian wrestling cards from him. <clears throat> we were communicating fairly regularly and he'd often mention that it's too bad there isn't such a thing as a price guide. And just the mm -hmm. timing of it was very fortuitous because um, a friend of mine opened up a bookbinding business. So I was able to sort of do a test run of books, um, collaborating with Grimm to get the prices together on everything up until that point. And then a couple of years later, um, we decided it didn't make sense to carry on with the book. So we created the website and the website picked up everything in the book and then just carried on from there, uh, listing uh, all prices on everything. And we're one of the um, most comprehensive websites for wrestling trading cards now, insofar as all the sets that we have listed and the information that we provide. Nice. Are you, um, I didn't, 
thank you for sharing that story. Definitely um, provided some insight to who you were and the, the knowledge that you possess. Um, are you the person who has the uh, Hulk Hogan NWO WCW card? Yes, sir. This was a very interesting week for those cards. You know, if I you see look that. Here, there's a thousand <laughs> odd wrestling cards here. And those are wrestling cards in, in those books? All those minors are all wrestling cards that I've collected over the years. And I, I'm not a new collector. I've been collecting as we've been going along. So I would have bought those WCW autographs back in 2002, 2003. Not now when it costs a fortune. But yeah, imagine my surprise this week. First of all, the week started with a Booker T card, which is a very rare um, example uh, card from that autograph set. And it got all of us spinning because we knew that it was going to be uh, several thousand dollars. And that actually landed at just a bit over 5,300 US yesterday. But midweek, I got a email, as I do from often from other collectors around the world that go on my site on a regular basis. And this guy said, uh, I'd like to make you an offer on your Hogan. And I said, OK. And uh, it was 2,000 like US. In person. You all were in person. No, no, you, no, I've never met the dude. Okay, okay. Yeah, not even this way. This was just an email from somebody okay. that it goes onto the Wrestling Card Price Guide site, uses it, is aware of who I am, is aware of my collection. Um, on my, when you go onto my site and you look at the prices, a lot of a lot of the listings have videos, what, what we call flip-throughs, where you can go through and see the entire set that's been videoed. So a lot of people go through, and from there you can see basically what I've got. And he found the Hogan, and it's a rare version of it. And he offered me $2,000 and I thought about it. I said, no, because I've got the 103, uh, all of them, the rest of them. So why would I want to take out the centerpiece, the main, the main one? Mm. I didn't think much about it. Then the next day, next morning, <clears throat> you know, I responded to him. Hey, man, thank you very much. It's very generous, but I think I'm going to have to pass, you know, and I'm not so wealthy that I can just afford to throw away $3,000. But it's just, you know, this is a labor of love over 20 years. Next day, he comes up to $3,000. <laughs> so it's like, man, you know, you know, um, but I said no again. And then I was looking at some pricing. What I've been doing recently is I go on to sites like um, 130 Point and Watch Sold. And these are sites that you can type in a card name and they'll give you the last 90 days of uh, eBay transactions. So it's very accurate. You can get a definite sense of market. And I use that periodically to update my sites because my site, it gives you a, a low and a high and it's not exact. You know, it's, it's, it's a guide. It's not a Bible. And the problem right, is, right. Really is that over the last nine years, the prices have skyrocketed. So what I might have priced something at last summer it's now that that could effectively be doubled you know so it's not really a good indicator mm. i was just going on there and checking out some more of these wcws and i found a savage that sold for two thousand dollars two weeks ago i found an eddie guerrero that sound sold for a thousand dollars and elizabeth for a thousand dollars so we're talking like 10 grand in raw ungraded cards and these are five of the 103 that are out there from so the last night saying is this now indeed the greatest set of all time we always talk about the all-stars for me too but you know those are mostly in high are, are graded cards. You know, people this tend is, to grade this stuff. You, and you're referring to that 1998 set. Yeah, I'm referring to what? Yeah, the 1988, 1999, there was three WCW sets that had the autographs in them. And over the course of those three sets, there was 100, there was 99 regular autographs put into packs. Then there was four more that were, uh, the wrestlers didn't sign, but they found their way in, in, into the secondary market later. Um, Guys like Tony Vela, for example, had the Rey Mysterio brick, which a brick is just a bunch of cards. And he actually got Ray to sign them and then he got them, got them to market. And then there's, a, there's another four that are virtually impossible to get, although the Booker came up this week. It's the Booker, the Hardcore Hack, and the Davy Boy Smith. Mm -hmm. And then the ultimate card is the Ric Flair. Now, that's my holy grail of wrestling cards. I, I don't believe there's a, a more desirable card out there. 
to our knowledge, there's just one of them. We saw it come up in 2005. Uh, Jimmy Hart was involved in, with his son in brokering the deal. Mm -hmm. And we have since found out that Ric Flair has admitted more than once to signing that one card, but he'd never seen another one. So mm. that card could be, that card upgraded could be a $20,000 card for one more. More. more absolutely and then absolutely. i mean and you know god bless rick flair but you know he doesn't have a limited time left you know at, you know afterwards it could yeah. it could it could it could shoot up even higher than that precisely um, yeah. yeah so well thank you thank you for that um so aside from twitter i'm on instagram too and i want to make sure i provide value to the wrestling art community in which i exist in on instagram right. um so with me i do a lot of art um, I have artwork that I'm working on currently right now. And one of the things that I wanted to do is I, I'm glad that I actually met you because um, I believe that this correlates very well, um, at least to my, from what I, from my understanding, as I've been progressing through my journey with the Rolling Pin podcast is um, pricing my art. Um, and I look at the wrestling sports cards in particular, and I, and I look to competitively price my art against the wrestling sports cards. So, I mean, and this is just not necessarily for me, but to anybody out there who might be struggling with just pricing. And this is what led me to, um, um, to you know, having a conversation with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky business, pricing, yeah. whether it be, arts, whether it be trading it, it, cards. You it's know. almost similar. Yeah, sure. And when you get into the world of high art, for example, which has always been the purview of the rich, you know, people trade paintings for millions and millions of dollars. So, you know. What, what makes one painting worth a million dollars or 50 grand more? And that's really what the market is there and, and who your purchaser is and who your seller is. Now in sports cards, it's a little different because we've got eBay and mm -hmm. that's where the majority of stuff gets, gets traded. So as I mentioned earlier, you can actually go on to eBay and this is recent over the last, I don't know, it's a couple of years or last year, but they do make this data available that we can search souls. So I can pull up a very particular, I could pull up the, you know, the, uh, the rock sticker that, 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 that uh, got the big bucks and I could see how many of them have actually traded on eBay. And then where there's a variation, then you can take an average, you know, like if I got five all-star Hogan's and they're in around raw $500 or $400, you can get, you can get close. Mm -hmm. When we did it originally, it was tougher. That's why I relied on Grimm because he was the man at the time. And he mm -hmm. basically did all the starting prices. And then my experience just being a collector, having bought them and knowing what I paid for them. So again, uh, the last thing I'd like to do is claim to be the authority on prices on wrestling cards, okay. but I've written a book and I've, I've, I've run a site for, for 10 years and we're, we're trying to get as close as yeah. we can. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, and that's why I'm here. You know, I don't want to don't discredit your own knowledge because right. writing the book is a monumental thing. You know what I mean? Well, getting um, it out there, just being the one and, to take that step. And what you have behind you is monumental as well. So um, I, I want to ask, I want to ask you this, looking at art yeah. and looking at cards. Now there are some differences, but there are also some similarities. Let me ask you this question because you've been in the um, hobby for so long. What, are the key characteristics or the qualities or the components that make up a high valuable sports card, wrestling sports card? Like what? Now there's, 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 there's a lot of factors, you know, mm -hmm. usually how rare uh, the set is, is where it starts. Obviously mm -hmm. how old the set is, uh, the condition of the cards is, is, is very important. And then obviously the performer himself, right? There's there's a handful of guys like Hogan and Austin and, and Savage and Sting and the, the, top, the top guys. Really, Hogan, Flair are, are, are the big ones. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly Rock and Austin, mm -hmm. those guys are going to be worth more. And um, 
it's it's all those factors that go into it. But but rarity, you know, like some sets were in limited release. So like that Booker got a lot of money yesterday because we don't have any idea how how many there were. That might be the only one for all we know. It might be a half a dozen, right? So it's a bunch of things. Things like when you talk about art, it's obviously very subjective. Now, does the quality of the art or the graphics of the wrestling card affect its price? Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, some collectors might like the look of a price. Like for example, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Jeff Seventy Five Kings. Um, I'm not that. familiar with Jeff. Oh, actually, I've seen 75 Kings. I've engaged with him several times on. Yeah, Twitter. I don't know if you can see it. It's up there, but he does. Uh, he does. He did the um, <clears throat> the All Stars, but computer generated. And I thought that set was fantastic. It was one of the nicest sort of innovative approaches to, to set design that I'd seen in a while. Um, a lot of indie stuff too, Gary. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a, a couple of young artists that do stuff for uh, GCW wrestling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the the cards are phenomenal, right? But so it's it's all these things that sort of interpolate together to give you a, a price of the card. But like I said at the beginning, it's not an exact science because what a card might tra- trade for today, it, it could trade for 20% more or less tomorrow, all things mm-hmm. equal. I got you. Yeah, the one thing I've been noticing just, I mean, I guess the midst of this pandemic is just people collecting sports cars similar to how they would collect contemporary art, um, which led me to, um, you know, just jump in and I'm not going to say go against sports cars because I actually collect sports cars too because I actually enjoy it. And and, and it's allowed me to meet so many of you. Um, But just looking at the art in in general and just just pricing, my, I guess my, my, my way of looking at it or my outlook or my perspective on pricing the art and how I look at the sports cards just to provide you some insight is um, when I look at it, I just say, okay, um, well, a sports card is a photo. Yeah. Um, it's not anything that's created um, from the mind and, and, and put out on the canvas or anything like that. Um, so when it comes to rarity, you can only make one piece of art that belongs to you. You can't even replicate it again if you try to paint it over again. It's unique, yeah. So I guess what it really comes down to, um, and I thought that this would be similar to sports cars, is just branding. Um, are, are, do sports cars have to receive some sort of branding in order to uh, receive the popularity that it has? Is, is, is that one of the key components? Or is it more so, like who picks and chooses which card is, where, placed, is placed where? You know what I mean? insofar as the overall value of it you know because yeah, like you, you have to talk about it over time you see because a card will come out today but we know how valuable it's going to be two years from now five years from now and when you talk about appraising art again it's 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 a very subjective subject right mm-hmm. because um a lot of people use art as a means of hiding money cleaning money you know so mm-hmm. you know you can you can you can exaggerate the the value of these things with you. respect to branding you know like um we, we have some sort of major brands like Tops and Fleer that have put out product over the years, but that doesn't mean that an independent set won't, won't get popular as well, you know? And like, say for example, there's some young performer out there now that's working with some indie fed and he's the next rock, but we don't know that yet. And uh, a card comes out of him today when he's virtually unknown. Well, 10 years from now, that could be the most valuable card in the entire universe, you know? That, gotcha. and that, so not meaning to evade your question or-, or No, 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 this is perfect. About it, but it, it's, it's not an exact science with art or sports cards, really. Mm. Now, once you get into grading, you know, that, that, that certainly tries to um, 
get it closer, you know, but there's such a variation, not only from the different companies, whether you go to PSA or Beckett or some of these new companies or this Canadian company here called KSA, it's not consistent. So I might have a gem mint eight that might get graded as a six somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a lot of people believe only in PSA because they have the registry. Uh, they do most of the vintage stuff. And 100%, like if you're looking to sell your cards and maximize your value, then you got to get it graded by PSA. That's, I got you. You know, so talking in that regard with, 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 with branding, that can help you maximize your dollars. But I, um, I can't possibly uh, begin to price stuff that's graded because yeah, the variation. You know? yeah, so, so all I do is I look at raw cards. Yeah. Even parallels are tricky, right? We used to have a rule, well, if it's a first level parallel, times it by 1.5. And if it's this, times it by that. But even that's out the window now because Tops makes so much stuff now that a lot of it isn't as valuable, even the parallel stuff. Gotcha. You know? So it's, it's, it, it's yeah. hard. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. I'll, and, and, and I want to say this to all the uh, wrestling uh, sports car collectors who are listening, um, who might be tuning into the Rolling Pin podcast. I do value, um, you know, the conversations that I do have with them and you, you include it because um, just looking at just looking at both industries, I guess, art and sports cars, you all you understand value of something that somebody else might not understand true value. Um, right. too. So it's easy to have these conversations in a parallel type yeah. of situation where people can look at it and say, well, this is nice. You know what I mean? They can understand the rarity. But, and the but remember, Gary, it's, it's a basic premise, whether it's sports mm -hmm. cards or whether it's real estate or an automobile, it's what will the market bear? You know, yeah. I use this with my real estate clients a lot. That's what I do for a living. Um, you know, say you want a red Porsche and your heart's set on a red Porsche <laughs> and you go to the dealership and they go, oh, we got four black ones here, but you want a red one. Mm. And a red one comes in and it's 15 grand more than the rest of them, mm. right? Are you going to pay it? You really mm. want a red Porsche, you're going to pay it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you really, really want to do that bad, yeah. grand, If you really want a Hulk Hogan card, you're going to offer some guy across the world three grand for it. I got you. So I a lot you. of it has I to got you. Yeah, with, I like it. With, with, buyer, with buyer demand, supply, but really, you know, um, like the All-Stars, for example, because it's a limited set, you know, and there's, uh, there's not a lot of them and the lion's share of them have been graded and they sit in just a couple of guys collections you know um there's value there right mm -hmm. whereas the recent top stuff like they could put out nine ten sets a year and some of these base cards are worth pennies and they'll always be worth pennies it's like stuff from the junk box era where a lot of stuff got made almost too much you know you saturate a market with too much product and that affects the value gotcha. that's why really from modern day stuff there's value in some modern day stuff but most of the stuff that has real value like the booker and the hulk hogan and the the rock sticker and the all age eighty two stuff. Age. That that's where the, the big mm -hmm. no is. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um yeah, that, I mean, this is a great conversation. You know, I really do appreciate you um coming on. So let me ask you this. Um being that you are a car collector. Um, yeah, I'm a collector first. Yeah, you definitely know, an archivist <laughs> first. Yeah. And then the guy that so, put out the price guy price guy second, you know. No, definitely. So being that you are a car collector, um I'm looking at, uh, I'm, I'm seeing your situation in a way that with you being a collector of sports cars, it would, I guess it would be easier for you versus somebody else to be a collector in wrestling art. Not necessarily saying that I'm trying to sell you anything, but what I'm saying, what I'm asking is what would it take for a sports car collector or just somebody who understands value like yourself to look at art in the same way to say, this is worth something like, it wouldn't take much because first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, right? As a kid, I started watching wrestling and I fell in love with it. And I said, this is for me. And I was like seven, eight years old. And now I'm in my early fifties and it's never not been there. You know, gotcha. 
I live my life through music and wrestling, honestly. All my memories are tied to, oh, what was the WrestleMania that year? What records were we? I, 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 play, I play bass as well. I'm in a band. So music and wrestling for me has been sort of my loves and my, my, my hobbies. And because of that, you know, because, because I was just into the product, I started collecting cards. But uh, I do art, you know. I never got into figures. A friend of mine has a massive collection, and, and they're just as crazy as we are in the card business with the figures. You know, there's tons of stuff out there. And big bucks going for all of it now. And it's not just wrestling, right? Obviously, you know, um, the, the, with the pandemic, there's just been a huge boost in collectibles and memorabilia in general because they're tangible. Mm, tangibility. You know what I mean, people are talking about fractional ownership and NFTs and all that, that stuff, right? Um, you know, these are physical, tangible, uh, fungible <laughs> um, cards. I got you. I got you. Yeah. That's, that's, so um, going into NFTs real quick, because um, I actually been looking been studying up on nfts um, yeah we all have because it came up all of a sudden none of us knew what it was two weeks ago and right. then it was <laughs> so we all had to scramble this is going back to the art and the sports cards it's forcing right. our industries to pay attention to it because we can benefit from it right um i guess like what is your knowledge of nfts as, as it relates to sports cards um just anyone else's you know when they first came around i said oh this is interesting you know when crypto first rolled around and blockchaining i learned about that but really you know, this this is Wild West territory and where it is now with respect to what might happen with, with sports cards. Look, Gary, I believe that eventually digitizing assets is going to become commonplace, but we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. I think that we might, I don't even think that we're in the experimental phase. I think we're in the guinea pig stage where people are just trying to figure out what's what. And, you know, people are buying like uh, WWE put out NFTs with some Undertaker uh, memorabilia and WrestleMania and 100 grand for this and then stuff selling out. Um, there's going to be there's going to be a market there and it's going to be a thing. It's not for me yet. I collect physical like even I missed out on the whole rock thing um, yeah. last month because I don't do stickers. You know well, what I mean? I didn't mean to interject, but they also they uh, what I've been um, throughout my studies. I've been seeing that you can actually um, create non-fungible tokens for tangible items as well. So I guess. Yeah, sure. Right. The, the NFT is just a certificate of authenticity. It just basically verifies that, hey, what you got is legit. So if, if I say this is an Undertaker urn carried by the man the first time he walked on television, the, the, the NFT is that verification that in fact, that's the case, right? But they don't necessarily have to hold the actual urn. No. Right. No. So this doubles your probability of one, I guess, a sale. And you can, I, you can still have the actual urn while somebody actually has the digital version of the urn. Well, it's like fractional yeah. ownership, right? You can own, you and I can both buy a piece of Michael Jordan's rookie. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't physically have the card. We have an image of it on our phone. And you can say truthfully that you own it as a co-owner of the card. And that, that's a new form of collecting that some of the people in our hobby are quite enjoying. They're, they're having fun with it. Again, yeah. not for me. You know, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be card, beautiful, but, though, as technology yeah, yeah, advances man. and whatnot, you know. And we, sure. As technology. Well, look at what's happened with uh, custom cards. For example, technology allows guys to print their own cards now. Like you make your own art. There's a couple of guys in our hobby that do their own card series. Now we get into legalities and who has the rights to make what and are they uh, cheating on any licenses? But this, this shit is happening. Stuff is making, stuff is being made out there. And I, I, I do miss some of it because some of it is real, really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I guess what, going back to that Hulk Hogan card, just to uh, switch up the subject and switch it back to the card that you currently possess that's worth, you know, diamonds. What will the, what price do you have? Do you have a price in mind? Well, that's funny. My wife and I were talking about that because <laughs> what, what, what would it take? Because, you know, you know, wives and when it comes to dollars, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, 
it's very hard, Gary, because I've got 103 cards uh, from that set that that I collected over the years, although most of it back then when it was easier to get because because there's been guys that are trying to collect that stuff now. And not only do they have to pay a fortune, but it's, it's very hard to, to, to find all of it. But, you know, like if someone said, here's 15 grand, I think I'd have to be out of my mind to say no to that. You know, I, that that just off the top of yeah. my head. But I, here, here's the problem, dude. I've never sold a car, you see. So if I don't have two of them, I keep it. And I've stuck to that over all these years. We're talking 25 plus years that I've never actually sold something. So now when the market is going through the roof, you know, everyone's saying, oh, time to cash out. Well, it's so easy for me to cash out. First of all, I got a lot of products. Second of all, none of it is graded. So really, if I intended to maximize my investment, I'd have to go get it all graded and all that stuff. And yeah. grading right now, That's true. It, 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 it's a bit of a shit show, excuse my language, because you got to wait like nine months. You got to pay through the nose. In fact, PSA stopped taking submissions. So yeah. again, you, you really need to be patient and understand that, all right, <clears throat> if I want to max out, then uh, that's the way to go, but you're not, you know, you're not very liquid. You're not going to sell that car tomorrow. Yeah. I was right. wondering too, like, we'll, we'll have that, 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 that guy over there asking to buy that car for 3000 bucks. Um, like, I guess he might be a Hulk Hogan fan or whatnot. Well, was, he might be a Hogan fan or he might be like me. He might have every other card except that one. Yeah, you know, we never got true. into it. Really. <laughs> that's yeah. True. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and he could just be a guy with big bread. And that's what Gary has, has been happening is that, you know, guys like me and you are paying fifty thousand dollars for a card. Mm -mm. You know, like LeBron James and his buddies, they're they're buying cards. I've seen a lot of NFL players holding up the Bumblebee Rock, you know, as a sort of status symbol. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that like a, a garden uh, dwarf or gnome that people are saying, "Hey, I got the rock." So it becomes a bit of a um, a contest amongst these guys to see who can get what, right? And this is so similar. This is so similar to art because yeah, people man. in the art industry do the same exact thing. Exactly. You get that. Exactly. Get that because piece. everyone knows what everybody has and it becomes, oh, you got the latest this artist? I want one of those. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, yeah. so it becomes very much that. And don't forget that there's a lot of people with bread, with money that are stuck at home. So they, they can't go out for nice meals and they can't go out for shows and they can't hop on an airplane and go to Vegas and gamble away their money. Right. And we're talking about very high net worth individuals. Steve Aoki is one of the uh, biggest DJs in the world. He's been buying $10,000 cards like they're going out of style, right? Um, and he's been telling other DJs and football players. And then you talk about guys like Gary Vee and his social circle of people that like sports cards and understand their future investment value. Mm -hmm. and these are yeah. high net worth individuals. They can afford. So they've, they've obviously uh, pushed the value of this stuff up. Mm. So let me ask you this. For the uh, common sports card uh, yeah. collector, somebody who's not as... Who, have, who doesn't have an extensive collection who's looking to get into the hobby because there are people who are listening to this who might be at the ground level who might mm -hmm. be looking to get some stuff and I want to make sure I help them out including sure. myself in case I run across a fucking card that I might see and I'd be like I need to get that um what I guess what should we be looking at um what what car should we be looking to purchase right at this, oh, moment? this, 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 gets, this has gotten talked about a lot recently amongst mm -hmm. podcasts and videos that we've done in the hobby you know what, what's the right way to collect is it you know like I I I have an extensive collection of every base set and that's the way I collected from way back when and I've continued to present day. Some people, you know, they're only integrating cards and finding the best of the best, you know, the nicest quality, the most pristine cards, getting them off the PSA, right? That gets expensive quick though. Yeah. Um, there are what we call player collectors, people that just collect Kurt Angle, just collect Daniel Bryan, right? Then there are some people that just want to collect the vintage stuff. So mm -hmm. really what I'm getting... What are you into? Now, obviously, if you're into Hogan, you're into rock. Rock is hugely popular now with the show. Um, but 
like Rocky Johnson, his father's card has gone up three, four times just because of the rock's popularity. So really there's no right answer to this. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't say this is the right way to collect wrestling cards because really this is a hobby and it's meant to be for fun. Yeah. So right. you do whatever it is that gives you enjoyment. It, it's yeah. not supposed to be a stressful thing. It's supposed to be something that you enjoy doing. Since I was a kid, I've been into wrestling. I used to go up here in Canada where I'm mad about hockey. So my father used to bring me home little packs of the hockey cards. And I learned about opening packs and that stuff. That's what's up. And I sold them. Sold all my hockey cards at one point, uh, but kept the wrestling because I was into it. And it just grew from there. But that's a long mm. time ago. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So whatever, whatever people are into, like it's, it's, it's the hobbies for fun. So make sure that whatever you're getting into, like some people are trying to maximize how can I make money off this? And that's fine. Right. If you want to come into the hobby and try and be smart about it and figure a way that uh, you can make a few, few, few bucks. That, that's great. I've, I've never looked at wrestling cards that way. Yeah. Um, I like wrestling. Interesting. The I, cards from me. Yeah. And this, I guess in this, this new, this new era that we live in, people are looking for alternative investments um, uh, outside of stocks and, and bonds, you know, that a lot of, add, a lot of people are hurting. Yeah. that do add fun to the, to the, you know, enjoyment, like for myself, like I have a, a Charlotte flair PSA 10 and I, and I just, and it just nice. it helps me engage with, uh, you know, wrestling a little bit more. Like I like to watch, now I'm watching Charlotte Flair yeah. with a different lens. You know what I mean? I'm seeing the growth. Exactly. You know, and that's, that, that's the enjoyment you get out of it. You being an artist as well, you know, you're probably going to have that sort of aesthetic to, to, to the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, wrestling cards isn't as big as baseball or hockey up here. But I'll tell you honestly, Gary, over the last six months, it's, you know, maybe nine months, um, it's gotten a lot of traction. And it's, again, through efforts like you, like doing this and talking about wrestling cards, because a year ago, you know, where, where did you go to find out about wrestling cards? You come to my site, you go to wrestlingtradingcards.com and there wasn't a lot, but now uh, you've got your podcast. There's a couple other ones that are quite good, um, you. you know, and uh, it, it's all great. I think it's all a sort of cumulative effect of all of us putting the word out there. And then casual collectors are like, oh, I didn't know wrestling was a thing. I didn't know uh, you could get this and get that. Rocky's main, Rock is mainstream now. So that's, yeah. that, that, that's going to help. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul. I really do appreciate it. Um, I guess for everybody who's listening, Paul, if you have something that you want to say to, uh, you know, car collectors and art um, creators, if you have anything that yeah, you want to add or say, you know, feel free. Enjoy yourself. You know, I, I reckon that you do your art because it's a creative expression, but it's something you enjoy doing. Similarly with collecting, you know, uh, there's a lot of information that we've put out there over the last little while and, um, you know, digest it and then figure out what's what, what's best for you. You know, like a lot of people, for example, jumped, jumped aboard the, the Panini sticker because that was something, oh, it, it, there's an element of surprise. Uh, it's new new territory. What are we going to make on this thing? How is, how is it going to go? A lot of people like that excitement as well, right? Mm -hmm. So it all depends on what you're into. Right? Thank you. Thank you, Paul. It was great having you. Um, I'm hoping that you will be oh, back. my pleasure. You know, I'm hoping that you'll be back. You know, I, I, yeah, I'd love to. Find your, find your information very valuable. Um, and it's nice to know for everybody who's listening that you're not lost. Um, Paul is a great guy. You can always reach out to him if you have any questions in regards to yeah, sports please. cards. Anyone, anyone that's into wrestling cards, check out thewrestlingcardpriceguide.com. Um, again, we've got listings going back to 1888. We've got uh, Japan that we did this year. We have the largest collection of indie sets uh, and, and myself and a very close friend of mine, Chuck, who has an extensive collection um, like I do. Him and I work very closely sort of... Um, being the archivist guys, making sure that everything is, 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 is mentioned and mentioned correctly. Mm. But please do check out my site. 
certainly come back and check out Gary's site here. This is, like I say, these, these podcasts are fantastic. They're bringing tons of knowledge to the hobby. Thank you. Uh, and it's great that you're spending the time and the energy to do this for us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was it. Um, that was Paul from uh, Wrestling Price Guys. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming again. We really do appreciate you. And um, I hope My you pleasure. stay safe in Canada. Most Will do. importantly. We'll, we'll see you again soon, Gary. Thank you. Uh-huh, no problem. Peace.